0: Hey, I'm Doug McAllister, and this is Stories I Didn't Tell last Sunday, and joining me today is Pastor Andy Ricketts. Andy is our Generations Pastor at Journey, and today we're going to be talking about generation z we we're talking just now before we started filming and we were going over the names of the generations i keep forgetting what they are i know that i'm a boomer uh and rachel my wife is a, a gen x and then what follows that they're boomer and gen x what's the next one
1: there's uh so you're a boomer right so i'm a boomer gen x, and then, then Y. gen y is, is, is that millennials those are millennials right okay yes. so it's boomers
0: gen x millennials then uh Gen, uh, Gen Z, Gen Z. So we're talking about Gen Z today, Gen Z. and usually in most of the research I've done, generations are about fifteen to twenty years. Yep. With the you know most of them use the fifteen year mark. Uh, so Generation Z are the kids born between nineteen ninety five,
1: two thousand ten, and yeah. two thousand ten.
0: Yeah. So which is um, you know a pretty big generation, uh, twenty three million. Gen Z kids in America right now, and let me read this quote. This is from a sociologist talking about Gen Z. This is a very secular uh, article on Gen Z, but you know, your job at Journey, your focus is uh, helping Journey reach Gen Z. Gen Z yeah. uh, so this is what this guy's saying, and this is totally from a secular point of view. But it has a, I think, a lot of um, a lot of foundation foundational stuff that we're that we agree with this is what he said about these 23 million uh gen z kids they will become this is a quote they will become the most entrepreneurial conservative diverse and educated generation the world has ever seen
1: yeah absolutely. wow that's
0: that's pretty that's pretty uh Interesting statement the yeah. the generation that we're raising.
1: Every one of them has a supercomputer in their pocket. Yeah. Yeah. You know? His
0: next line said, This is the generation that's never known the world yeah. without the internet. Without the internet. Yeah. Uh, I'm old enough to remember before there was an internet or a computer. You live?
1: How did you survive? How did we
0: even? Yeah. How I, did you get where you were supposed yeah, to yeah, be? It was a dark where <laughs> thing was black and white, man. You know? Those the dark ages. Yeah. So this generation has never known the, uh, a world without the internet. Most of them grew up with smartphones.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I remember when I was a kid, and I, so I'm I'm a millennial. Um, I remember when my parents first got. A computer for the yeah. house A desktop yeah. computer yeah. And I remember it coming in And having no idea what it was So was it one I, of those big screen? Yeah, it was the like the giant things? aquarium <laughs> looking ones It took five people to get it in yeah, the house You know massive. what I mean? One of those kind yeah. of things It was ran on diesel uh, No, I'm just <laughs> But it, yeah, it was um, Did you have dial-up? Yeah, yeah. Did you? So you couldn't be on the phone yeah. at the same time. Or if anybody they called you
0: while you're on the phone, it would knock you off the internet. Remember those days? Yeah. Remember that funny sound it made when you logged on? That's
1: what C- that's C- what hell sounds like, I think, <laughs> is, is <laughs> the sound of dial up. <laughs> who who yeah. came up with that, man? I don't know. But it was
0: like this creepy back noise of the computer communicating with the Kids
1: today have no idea how easy they got uh, it. <laughs> oh,
0: man. And you had to wait for the screen to load, like sometimes 30 minutes. Yeah. You log on, and it would just, like, spin forever. And that the little, was fast. you little You're uh, like, oh, wow, only 30 uh, minutes. Ten, the little hourglass thing would spin over and over. You, you'd you go, you know, make lunch and come back, and it's still loading.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, one of my favorite things to do. when I Once I, you know, Internet, we figured out, you know, a little bit later in life. Uh, was to download music. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you'd always have the programs, and you're like, yeah, sure, I'll put computer virus on my computer, whatever. You didn't really (laughs) care then. Who did you use to download music? So we used LimeWire primarily. I
0: remember LimeWire. They were... Taken off the market bet by some judge yeah. or something. Yeah, it was. was. So but Napster. You know what they did? Bit... Really was, this, or was it Napster that got knocked off?
1: Napster did. Okay. Napster had the whole issue with with the copyright and yeah. the, all that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Napster was Spotify <laughs> at one time. So it's the same thing, but I guess they didn't shake all the right hands or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Got... And
1: now it's acceptable. Now yeah. it's everywhere. You're <laughs> streaming music. That's the only way you get music. I now. know. Yeah. And I just remember downloading music and. You would click to download it, and it would say, "You know, four hours left." Yeah. And you're like, "Wow, that's fast! <laughs> We're you downloading like- a song in four hours." <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. It's you a- know, uh,
0: if you watch Guardians, uh, Guardian of the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy,
1: the first one, yeah, yeah.
0: You know the uh, um, the mixtape that. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, what's his name, the guy? That, Chris Pratt. Um, I yeah, don't know. Chris Pratt. I, I don't follow him. Yeah, he's He's, the, he's the, the Lord of Space or whatever he yeah. is. But, man, he has this mixtape of all the songs from my generation. And we used to have mixtapes when I was a kid. That was the way you downloaded music. You would put the cassette in the player with the radio playing the music, and you had to be just right on time to re- hit record yeah. to capture your songs, man. Yeah. If you got a whole mixtape made, man, you had spent a week – On the radio trying to catch seven songs, you You know? You were a
1: professional sound engineer before you you even knew.
0: And then you gave it to your girlfriend. Like, I I made you a mixtape.
1: There you go. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I remember the days of, like... So I did have cassette tapes when I was young. Um, I had a drawer full of cassette tapes. And then we moved to the CD. Yeah. And we had CDs. And I just used to love, like... The little paper insert where you'd have the lyrics, or you'd have you'd get all the yeah. artwork and everything. And yeah. it's like now
0: you fold it out and you get all those songs, yeah. yeah. You knew
1: who played instruments on every yeah, song, yeah. The writer,
0: yeah, all the guys playing the, on the song, yeah.
1: And it's no longer now, now kids just get music <laughs> any
0: yeah. minute they want it. If you want to know who it is, you gotta go, you gotta, you gotta, you know, check on Duck Duck Go, yeah, figure out yeah. who wrote it, you figure that out,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I miss those days, man, because back then, you know, if you had seven or eight songs. You know, you were, like, cruising. Now, mm-hmm. you know, if you have Spotify, and uh, thanks to my kids, I have Spotify now. And I, I have maybe three or four hundred songs that I didn't realize that I loved. Mm-hmm. But I keep downloading. I, I love this song, too. Because, you know, a generation ago, if you had seven or eight on one cassette tape, you know, and, you know, right before I got married to Rachel, we got married in 81. So I bought this I bought this uh, f- um, green um, Plymouth Duster uh and it was, you know, a sports car, kind of jacked up, white leather seats. But only came with an a FM radio. So I did what every 18-year-old kid did back then. I installed an aftermarket 8-track <laughs> tape player. Dude, was I killing it back then, you were, You
1: were on top of the wall. Yeah, world.
0: so I had this collection of 8-track tapes. You know, I had a <laughs> box with uh, all the tapes. And I'm not sure why they call it 8-track because it only had four tracks on it. That's probably a... A Technical reason I don't understand, yeah. but it had four tracks with about seven songs. But sometimes the song would be cut off at the end of one track and it would continue on the next track, you know. Oh, nice technology wasn't quite what it is, <laughs> is today, but I think the eight track would have like what maybe 10 or 12 songs is all it would be on there, you know.
1: It's way before my time, I don't know. Yeah,
0: eight track. Did <laughs> so you never saw an eight track player?
1: No. No, ever really? Uh, they're in the Smithsonian. Yeah, that's about it. No, <laughs> they, they really probably. Are, yeah,
0: you know, I saw a video the other day of a dad, pranking his two uh, Gen, Gen Z kids. He bought a rotary dial phone and he brought it home. Nice. And he plugged it in and he said, "Now, give me your smartphones. I want you to call your mom on this phone." Yeah, it's a cool little video. So the kids, so the whole video was them picking up the, picking up the receiver and. Not knowing how to dial the phone, so they're punching buttons and talking into the speaker. (laughs) Call mom, (laughs) what is this cord that it's plugged into? How does this even work? So, he he taught them how to use a rotary phone, yeah. You know, and he said this is where the term dial comes from because you actually had to spin the dial to to call a number. Yeah, my
1: grandmother actually still has a rotary dial phone, no way, at her like an operational one. My mom had one until she died.
0: My mom died in '94, she still had a rotary dial,
1: yeah. It's yeah. it's crazy how fast technology has yeah. moved. Yeah. And you know from having smartphones now yeah. to
0: So this generation is growing up in a world that has always had the internet yeah, and great. a smartphone and a tablet and a super fast laptop. I mean every elementary school, you know, every high school is yeah. transitioning over to you know all your books are on uh, Everything's digital, yeah,
1: so they're the this generation is the one that's defined as the digital natives, yeah that they haven't known a world a without in. that
0: yeah, and as we as we're trying to reach um, this generation that's so key to understanding the culture that we live in yeah you know i'm I'm three generations removed, you're only one removed yeah. you know, so it's it's key for us you know because the world's changing so quickly, you yeah. know that we speak the language of this digital native
1: yeah. Generation. Absolutely, and absolutely. That, that's our
0: conversation today. Hey, I want to tell a little story before we get in yep. too deep into this. So, uh, in January 2020, this is before uh, the world went nuts with the with the virus. Uh, me and my son Cam went to DC for the March for Life. Yeah. Um, so it was his senior year, so we wanted to do something just to mark his coming of age. So we went to um, to DC, and we spent five days. Uh, in and around the march for life and i must tell you um i was inspired yeah. I, I was brought to tears on more than one occasion um on the main day uh when we all gathered at the uh, uh on the national mall uh if you've been to dc you know the national mall stretches from uh the, uh, what's, what is it? The uh, Lincoln Memorial all the way to uh, the Halls of Congress. It's, so, it's several miles. Yeah. It's yeah. a straight shot. And it's this beautiful reflection pool and, uh, along the sides of the mall, all the Smithsonian uh, institutions and all of the, you know, all, all the, you know, historical sites, yeah. you know, the World War II, you know, um, Martin Luther King statue. You know, it's just, it's like American history, you know, in a two mile stretch, it it is breathtaking. Uh, So we're there. uh, And then that day the president was going to speak. So I was waiting there. uh, And I looked around Andy and there were probably a hundred thousand people there because it stretched for miles. And most of them were Gen Z kids. Yeah. And there was a band leading worship. Uh, on the mall and these kids were kneeling and raising their hands and crying and praying and then they were celebrating and high-fiving uh, And a lot of them were carrying signs that said I am the pro-life generation Come on. It just gave me so much hope for America man, man. you know it Just really just renewed in my heart that okay, you know, we haven't lost this battle yet yeah. And it's a cultural battle. We're in the middle of a war culturally, you know, but Jesus said something that echoes through the years, the truth will make you free. And that's still... What holds the church together? We have to just cling to the truth of God's word, in spite of what the culture is saying, in spite of what uh, you know, big uh, big tech is saying, and social media, and mainstreams, and all these other voices that are drowning out. You know, we got a lot of disinformation, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of subversive information, but the simple truth of God's word. Will set a person free, you know, and it gave me hope, man. Because there was, there were schools, there were universities, there were uh, high schools, junior high, and they had their T-shirts on. So there was just these groups, you know, with hundreds and uh, you know dozens, and sometimes smaller groups that were there for one reason, just to pray for our nation, yeah. to worship Jesus. And to stand for for unborn children, it gave me a lot of hope man yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah
1: it's so this generation, and you know you said it earlier as being an entrepreneurial generation, yeah what marks a lot of what we see you know me specifically what I see with journey students, but just you know overall is that they want to make a difference in some way yeah they want to they they 're literally a generation of world changers and um you know it's 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 refreshing to see that you know, and I think yeah. I think you see that in everything that they do. You know, there's the GoFundmes for yeah. some project, right? Yeah. There's all of these. There's students who are leading. We have one of our students at Journey students who is kind of leading a um, a fundraising effort for Speed the Light. Yeah. Um, and we have several that are doing that, but it's just a generation that seems to want to make yeah. a change. This guy said
0: seventy seven percent of Gen Zs. Uh, students are extremely interested in giving their life to a cause. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, that's a, that's a high percentage, man. It's three quarters. Eight out of and, 10 yeah. of these kids say, I want to give my life to something bigger than myself. Man, what an opportunity for us to reach this generation for the cause of Christ, which is the greatest mm-hmm. of all causes. And he said in his survey, 26% of them are already volunteering. Yeah. We're talking about children and teenagers. Yeah. One in four already volunteered, like you just said, one, some of our students raising money for Speed the Light. If you don't know what Speed the Light is, Speed the Light is a part of our national fellowship where our students raise money to support missionaries by buying vehicles for their mission and for other equipment for church planting. You know, yeah. Recently, uh, uh, our Speed the Light in Louisiana raised $40,000 to buy a new vehicle for uh, Luis and Lourdes Padilla yeah. who, are, who are church planting directors in Argentina. They yeah. go to the unreached in the mountains of Argentina, and our students bought them a car. Yeah, that, that just blows my mind. Yeah, man. it's
1: amazing that yeah. what difference that they can make. Yeah, and what's what's key, I think, in reaching that generation because you have that idea that hey, they want to make a change. They want to they want to volunteer. They want to be a part of something. Right. Is that uh, the other side of it? Is you said they're so educated, right? Yeah. The uh, most
0: educated generation in the history of the world.
1: Absolutely. And, that's and crazy. Part of it is that, hey, they've got all the information in their pocket, right? Yeah. It's uh, all there. But yeah. where we step in is they have the knowledge, but yeah. where's the wisdom? Yeah. So is is really is really mm-hmm. being able to take that yeah. and, and and guide them in the right path to yeah. use that information that they have for the right purposes, right? In the right way. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the that's kind of like our charge now, is like to try to figure out how can we get them to make a positive change, right? Yeah. Because they're going to make a change for something. I
0: mean, that really sparked a thought too when you said that our kids, our and my grandkids and your kids have in their pocket all the knowledge of the world, yeah, at their fingertips. That's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom had a uh, a set of encyclopedias. This is back in the seventies, so. So a long time ago, uh, but we bought them at a garage sale. So it was missing like two letters, like S and and B, two really important letters. So if I ever did a, a term paper, I couldn't go any <laughs> subject from the letter B R S yeah. because no botany. There's nothing no, I, I could do yeah. any science project yeah. the, you know. But anyway, uh, so but I remember you know that was. The Internet for us, you know, the pages of, you know, the Encyclopedia Britannica or I think I had a I forget which one we we have. It was red and black. I don't don't remember the brand name, but we spent a lot of time in the encyclopedia. And if I needed an S, I had to go to the library (laughs) in town to look up the S library. But now all that knowledge is available at the tap of a few buttons on your on your smartphone. Absolutely. Yeah. But wisdom is a whole nother
1: and that's issue. that's the the yeah. the line there is going from knowledge. I mean, you've got you know everything that's on the internet isn't true, right? Yeah. But in getting them to to realize that, yeah. and and spinning this in a way that um, that they can get wisdom out of it, yeah. And I think that's really the most important thing, you know, to make the positive change that they want to make. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, that yeah that that is so true. Uh, and you know, all of the um, all of the activities that are available can become a distraction yep. or it can become a platform depending on how you use it. And of course you're doing a whole lot of activity this summer, you know, yeah. between a youth camp and VBS and kids camp and the trip to Atlanta, yeah. you know, journey students are loaded down with activity, but all of them are purpose based and they're focused yeah. on faith and their relationship with Jesus. And I'm really excited about, about the trip you're about to take. Yeah. To Atlanta, let's talk about Atlanta a little bit. Yeah. I know you're bringing. Uh, how many people are you bringing? When are you leaving? Give us some some details.
1: Yeah, so we're taking a team of twenty two. Wow. To Atlanta, uh, to Frontline Response. Um, used to be Atlanta Dream Center. They've just switched names, but yeah, Frontline Response. Um, we leave next Monday, so July fifth. Yeah. We're going yeah. out. We'll be out the whole week. Yeah. And what we do is we spend a week there serving Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, so we what do you do
0: during that week? What's so we do
1: uh, a mixture of different outreaches. Uh, One of them is children's ministry, Mm -hmm. where we'll take our team to the uh, projects, uh, to these different apartment buildings and complexes, and we basically bring Sunday school to them. Wow. We go door-to-door. With COVID, they've had a few changes, but what we do is we go door-to-door, we play some activities with them, we tell them Jesus loves them, we give them an opportunity to accept Jesus. Wow. We've seen salvations happen door-to-door in children's ministry. We're playing tic-tac-toe with kids, right? Mm -hmm. That's um, amazing. So it's amazing. And we basically, we split up into teams and we're just all through this. And yeah. the cool part is that Frontline does this all year. So when they see the white vans pull up in, yeah. these kids come, they're ready. They know right. what's They're happening. flooding out there. They know everything yeah. so that's happening.
0: So this is like Section 8 housing? Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. Oh yeah. So gosh. we go to different, uh, a couple different ones yeah. um, throughout the time that we're there. So that's one of the big ministries there. Yeah. Another one is called Compassion Night. And what yeah. Compassion Night is, the, the homeless ministry yeah. outreach. And what we do is um, w- now it's with, again, with COVID, they've had to change some of the things, but we call it Mobile Compassion Night. Yeah. We spend that day prepping food. They get donations given in, prepping food, putting bags together, getting drinks together, and we load them up in the white vans and we drive to the little pockets of communities, um, homeless communities. That so are this is for food. the homeless. Mm-hmm. You do yeah. it at night? We do it. Yeah. Evening time. In the evening. Yeah. Got evening it. time. So, so you
0: feed them a meal and what else?
1: And we pray for them. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we just get to talk to them. I think the biggest thing about compassion night mm-hmm. is making them feel like they're human.
0: Tell the penny story.
1: Yeah. So I've heard you tell
0: it several times, yeah. but it always leaves a lump in my throat. Man. Yeah.
1: So the biggest, um, one of the things they told us my first year that I went, and this is now my fourth year going, um, they told us the story of the penny, and how when you're interacting with uh, homeless community or even childrens or any of those, um, a lot of times they feel like a penny. And for instance, if if you were to walk down the street yeah. and you found a penny on the ground, you're probably yeah. not going to pay it any attention. Walk, you, you probably don't right even by, see it. Walk right by it. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to. You're definitely not picking it up. Yeah, you're not walking out in traffic to yeah, go if it's get a dollar. It. Or- Dollar? Yeah, maybe so. If yeah, it's paper, if I, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, even if it's a quarter, you're yeah. probably not really yeah. doing much, yeah. right? And um, it really is kind of how he, they use the analogy when they told us the story. That's how those who are homeless feel. Yeah. They f- they're all out on the street. They're there. I get it. But people don't look at them. And, and one people, of the stats that, don't see that that really just kind of hits is that, um, on average, the homel- those who are homeless only hear their name once every six months. So they can easily forget who they are. Right. Every six months, twice a year. That always hits me hard. Yeah. They only receive eye contact once every three months. So Hmm. the, the biggest thing, yeah, there's a, there's a need to feed them, right. Because they're, they're struggling and they don't have drinks. They don't have food. They, you know, those things, but, but almost equally as important is making them feel human again,
0: making eye contact. Yeah. Asking them their name.
1: Yeah. So, um, to me, my passion when we go out there is compassionate that 's my yeah. favorite one is the home. Yeah. I love it all I see but that. uh if I pick one i mean it's it's absolutely compassionate
0: any and, stories from your past trips in Atlanta yeah. that stand out yeah so one or two.
1: one um one i don 't know if i 'll be able to not tear up here, but okay. this is one just <laughs> well, to I'll cry with you just Sorry. to warn everybody <laughs> yeah. um we'll go with you yeah, so my first year we did um it was not the children's ministry, but what we were doing is a we went to a Section 8 housing, and we were cleaning up. It was mm-hmm. like a neighborhood cleanup outreach. Right. Um, half of us went to this little, what they call a nature trail. That's a very generous term for what it was. <laughs> yeah. There were some trees, and then there was trash everywhere. <laughs> right. That's what they called it. Yeah. Uh, and then That's the easy. other half were cleaning up their little playground area. Yeah. Now, when we got there, again, I said, they know the white vans come in. They come flooding out, right? Yeah. So they had kids coming out to play, and we're not right. going to tell them no. We're not going to play with them, right? Right. So... Um, our team that went to go clean up the playground, they came back after we kind of debriefed, and they told us this story of uh, one of our girls on our team uh, was on that cleanup team. And uh, this little girl from the, from the neighborhood came up to her and said, uh, oh, I really like your shoes. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, thank you, thank you. And then the little girl was like, oh, well, where'd you get them from? And, um, our, you know, our girl was like, Hey, I think my mom got them for me for Christmas. Yeah. And this little girl looked at her and said, you have a mom. Oh my God. And it was like it, you know, and I wasn't even on the team that was doing the the cleanup of the playground, but just hearing that story, it almost makes it, you know, you take those things for granted. Right. I mean, having a mom, right. Uh, b- having shoes, having all of these yeah. things. And this kid wasn't even worried about the shoes. It was, you yeah, have, have a mom. A mom.
0: Courtney told me a story about um, one of the little kids she was talking to in the gunfire. When, oh, yeah, did, could you tell that story too? I, I think you, I could.
1: Yeah. So it's another um, it's another children's outreach day. Yeah. Uh, this was one where we were actually going and doing the children's ministry out there. Right. And um, <clears throat> so there's they, they have safety protocol, right? When we're out there, yeah. Um, when we're out there, we always have a leader from Frontline mm-hmm. with us. They know the community. They know the people by name. They know everything. Yeah. Right. And uh this one day we were out there and we heard this kind of loud bang. We weren't mm-hmm. sure what it was. Mm-hmm. And uh without alerting us and making a panic, they mm-hmm. were like, Okay, we gotta wrap up, we gotta go, because yeah. it's just safety first, right? Yeah. And uh so we're out there and and one of the little kids who Courtney was talking to at the time could kind of pick up on there was something happening. Yeah. And uh this little kid had to be six years old, looked at Courtney and said, uh, because our, we weren't sure, is it a firework? Is it guns? Right. Is, you know, Bat and it fire. could have been whatever, yeah. right? right? This little kid who's six years old right. said, oh, that's not gun—that's not gunfire. Because gunfire, you know, doesn't Sounds. sound just like that. Wow. And the fact that a six-year-old can distinguish between gunfire and fireworks, and fireworks yeah. is one of those things that, again, you don't think a six-year-old shouldn't know that. Yeah, Shouldn't have to know that. And he already and, knows. And he already can tell. That yeah. there's a difference there. Yeah. And that just lets you know, Hey, that's a normal thing for them to hear. Yeah. Um, at least enough to be able to distinguish between that and fireworks or whatever else it could have been. Yeah. So there's been, you know, and, and that happens every year. Um, another time, just real quickly, one of the other outreaches that we do is uh, it's called princess night. Mm-hmm. And what princess night is it's um, there's a huge sex trafficking industry in Atlanta and the surrounding yeah. areas. And it's, right. it's, Global, right? It's right. it's everywhere, but mm-hmm. you know when we're in Atlanta, it's you don't realize how prevalent it is right. till you're there on the outreach. So Princess Night is that. What we do is we drive around in vans, we hand a rose to a lady, um, the the women minister to the women, mm-hmm. and guys, we're just kind of back as security, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, without arms folded, looking right. suspicious, but we're right. just there to to make sure everything's good. Sure, um, it never had an issue, right? Never right. once had an issue with it, but this one time, this was my wife's. Courtney's, her first, um, her first mission trip that we went on, and uh, they stopped at this one spot. Normally what you do is you stop at one spot. You may be there, tops 10 minutes talking to somebody. It, it may be five minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's quick. Pray with them. Give them a rose. Mm-hmm. Give them a card, basically, to Frontline. They do have a safe house that if they want to get off the streets. Yeah. Well, they stopped at this one stop for maybe an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking to this lady, and I, I remember her name's Tori. I still remember her name. And uh, it was my wife's first one. She's out there. She's praying with them. They're talking. They're talking. This lady is like, I want to get off the street. I want to get off the street. Okay. So immediately, if anybody says, I want to get off the street, outreach is over. That's where our focus is. Let's get them out. Mm -hmm. So then she kind of gave an excuse. She said, oh, I got to go back to the house and get some things. And usually, unfortunately, when that happens, they don't come off the street. You know, they're going to go back and whatever. Right. Well. And still talking to her, they found out that she wanted to go back and get her son's ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know really the backstory, how old oh, the son, God. you know, anyway. But she wanted to go back. She, she had didn't it want to in leave like the a street little,
0: until she had her son's ashes with her.
1: Yeah. So she had it in a little necklace type thing, some yeah. kind of something. And um, so we left. And we went back to the church where we were kind of stationed at. And that whole time, there's a team that's doing prayer, intercessory prayer, worship's going on. We're praying for the teams that are out there. We're praying for those that we're going to reach. And uh, we get back, and everybody's, you know, my wife, this is her first experience with missions, right? So she's wrecked, right? And uh, they come on the microphone. They're like, hey, we just got word that we have somebody going to get Tori right Mm now. She's called and actually she's going to be brought to a safe house oh, Jesus. tonight. And that's, that's one person that you see impacted, yeah. but you can't count how many seeds are planted because yeah. one person makes, or somebody's out there yeah. speaking to truth to people. So yeah. there's countless stories. I could be here all day talking yeah. about it, but it is a life changing. Man. Experience. And I really
0: think taking uh, journey students, you're taking 20 or 25, 22 people, of 22 us people total. with you to Atlanta, you know, the, the long-term impact on the lives of those students, mm. and it's going to be immeasurable, yeah. you know, the compassion. I know on the short-term outreaches, and we did a uh, a podcast a few weeks ago. Pastor Ken and I did. If you want to go back and watch it, it's a few weeks ago. Uh, but we did a, a podcast talking about short-term outreach, and I think Journey's done, I don't know, 50 or 60. I've I got the number, Pastor Ken told me, a lot, yeah. you know. And then I was a, a missions pastor for 10 years before – I was a senior pastor and I did a ton of short term outreaches with um, uh in, in my ministry. So I think Rachel and I counted we've been to like a hundred almost a hundred different trips between what we led personally and what our church has led in about thirty or forty nations, you know, but the biggest impact is not really what you do there, which is a very important, you know, the women that are rescued, the children that are ministered to and the you know, the lives that are changed, but it's what God does in you. Yeah while you're there, the heart that's broken yeah. for the lost. Yeah. You know, and the passion you develop for the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just immeasurable. You know, it shapes a person's life. You know, I'm so proud of the students at Journey who are raising money for speed the light. Yep. They've they've caught the vision, you know. Proud of Hunter, what Hunter's doing, you know, he's really just taking ownership, mm-hmm. you know, in the Great Commission, you know, and I think that is the, the long term um, impact that we can't even measure, yeah. you know, because it'll go past you and me and our ministry. When we're done, our kids and their kids will still be carrying yeah. on the, you know, the gospel and the ministry.
1: And I think the important thing too, like you, like you said there, is that when you are impacted. To the level that you take that home, yeah, that's what the goal is, yeah, because we're in Atlanta for one week, right, right we we see seeds planted, we see you know, we see people taking off the streets, we see all of these great numbers, right, but if it ends that Sunday that we leave Atlanta, yeah, then that I don't think that's what Jesus has us to do I right. think he has us to to be impacted there yeah and to be able to take it home yeah we've that had student, fire yeah, yeah. we've yeah. had students who coming home we always have kind of a debriefing hangout yeah. day right and we have students from the first year mission trip who still tell me I carry around a little bag with chips and a little water bottle in yeah. case I see somebody who's yeah. hungry on the street wow and and that's that's what it's about yeah it's it's taking this home yeah we're not in Atlanta every day all right. day right but there's a mission we're here. on planet earth
0: every day absolutely you're in a city with people now you guys are there for like six days <clears throat> but you also spend one day having fun yeah so tell us about the fun day man yeah, yeah. you know we kind of give the kids an experience in the mission but also want them to have yeah. you know some relationship time and have some fun so what's fun day like
1: absolutely so so like you said so we go there we spend uh Monday's our travel day. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are straight outreach yeah. all day. Every day. The whole time from yeah. the time you wake up till 2 in the morning. I mean, right. it's it's full go. Yeah. So what we decided is that um, we don't have to stay Saturday. We yeah. could technically come home Saturday. Right. But we want to give them something fun to do. Right. Um, one of the biggest parts of, you know, of this missions trip, one of the parts is that the team building that happens yeah. on it and the 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 stories that you're going to get for yeah. years to come I still talk to people yeah. you know from my first mission trip yeah. hey, you makes, remember when this happened this makes 5 for you right i believe or 4 i think it's 4 okay yeah I th- yeah I, so i i went on one and i've this is my third one to lead yeah, I, it, yeah. it's all yeah yeah but um so what we do is uh we we go to a water park yeah. we've gone to a, a an amusement park before uh, last year, because of COVID, the only place that we could go was the aquarium, but yeah. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was air-conditioned, you know, which is a welcome yeah. Right. Uh, thing. Yeah, so, um, but we get to go there, we get to have fun, we get to just kind of breathe yeah. after a week of really heavy yeah. um, ministry that's right. going on, you know, stories mm-hmm. that, you know, things that are, you're still impacted, Right. But right. we get to go have fun. We get kind to kind of, of decompress and de-stress. Yeah. And. So
0: what are y'all doing this year?
1: Yeah, we're going to the water park this year. Oh, man. So we're man. going to Six Flags Water Park. Holy cow.
0: That's in Atlanta?
1: That's, yeah, right outside of Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, so we go there. And uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity because you have the thrill seekers who yeah. want to go on the slide that's, you know. Yeah. Thousands of feet high, and, yeah. then, and then you've got the ones who are like, just give me a lazy river for yeah. a couple hours. I'm gonna just yeah. take a nap on the lazy <laughs> That's river. That's my
0: idea of water park: uh, a nice tube in the lazy river. Yeah. And you ever noticed that every water park, people call that thing the lazy river, even though it's usually not the name. of It's never of it. called the lazy river. I know. Nobody ever calls it the lazy river except the people who use it. You know.
1: I mean, it's the it's a fitting title. It, it is, is. It's a lazy. What are you doing? Yeah. So um, some
0: kids are sliding down slides.
1: Others are riding the lazy. Others river. are just chilling. Yeah. I'm kind of a mix between the two. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I'll go on a thrill ride, but
0: yeah. So you're there all day, and when do you do your uh, uh, debriefing?
1: So um, interesting. So when we're on the trip, we also have our team. This is something we've implemented. Mm. It's not a requirement, but we've implemented two things um, that what they call in reaches. Yeah. So we have outreach, and then we have in reach. Sure. That's kind of a team building yeah. moment. Uh, we have every person, adult, student, whatever on the trip prepare a devotional mm-hmm. and throughout the week we sprinkle them throughout and they the, the design is to to encourage those who are on the trip to kind of bring some reality behind it and yeah. um and really to kind of stretch them spiritually too you yeah. know hey they're getting in the word they're preparing a devotional yeah. some of these people have never spoken publicly ever you know but yeah. um but we have them do that um, and then another one that we do is what's called Words of Life. Yeah. And in Words of Life.
0: Maybe my favorite part of the whole week. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: So with Words of Life, everybody sits, uh, gets a turn to sit in the middle of the group and we all kind yeah. of circle around them. Right. And we take however long, and maybe five minutes, maybe one minute, whatever, for, speaking, every, person. for every person speaking life. So into a person, that
0: person sits in the middle and then every team member says something positive about them. Yeah. And it's. That's and we really yeah.
1: encourage them to. Um, Think a little deeper, not yeah. to be like you've got cool hair. You're yeah. really funny. Yeah, you know what I mean. I like but your uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> things like that. Yeah. But it, but they do. Um, yeah, I I have a plaque from my first year. This was gifted by um, Kirk and Brittany. They made yeah. this little plaque uh, that has a couple words. It has my name in the middle. It has a penny in there yeah. because of the penny story. Yeah. And uh, then it's got several words around it that were words that were spoken into me. Yeah. And I just it I keep it in my house and I'm able to look at it and yeah. be like, okay. You know, when you kind of feel down or you Remind feel something, it's like, okay, this is what people think. Yeah. Really, like this is how I make people feel and yeah. things like that. So it's it is a transformational moment. It is. Um, you know, this gen is kind of talking about this generation. One of the things that I found, and I've I've been a sixth grade teacher for the past several years, yeah. and uh, I just find that it's not always the case, but. A lot of how they speak to each other is in a condescending way. Yeah. And it maybe is a joke or they they're saying right. it's a joke. But And it is twelve-year-old boys too. So yeah, it's, like yeah. it's so kind of natural for And it happens. And yeah. I don't think it's just this generation. I think yeah. it's just been normal forever. Yeah. Like humanity. just kids, that's what we do. and, and even adults yeah. sometimes. That's where we're at. Yeah. Twelve-year-old boys are very honest. Oh yeah. They'll yeah. tell you exactly what they're they thinking. They're not sugarcoating <laughs> anything. Absolutely. Exactly what it is. Yeah. Boy. yeah. So but they're so used, they're not it's it's foreign. It's weird for them to yeah. hear something positive yeah. said about them. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not even get that at home, which is tragic. You know, like mm-hmm. hey, uh, you know, I love you. Even yeah. something like that, yeah. it's like they don't know how to take that because they're just not used to hearing those things. Yeah. And um, you know, the words of life helps that. You yeah. know, it, it kind of uh, it's awkward at first. Um, yeah see i 'm a words of affirmation person yeah that's I lo- love language i love that uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah i'm i 'm big on words of affirmation so yeah. i I love it so yeah. much yeah. it helps me out and yeah. um and yeah. I love giving words of life too so yeah. it 's not just receiving it it's i just i'm 'm big on words of affirmation yeah. but uh So it's one of my favorite moments. When does that
0: happen in the context of the trip?
1: That's all throughout the week. So every night. do that every night, basically. Every night, yeah. After we've been doing outreach all day, we're exhausted. We smell bad. You know what I mean? Everything, we get to sit down, and and somebody gets to speak life into you. And and it always happens that it's just in the moment when you need it the most, right?
0: When we were leading missions trips, we did that on the last day. But I can see the wisdom of... um, Doing it throughout the whole week, yeah. I probably if I was redoing it now, I'd pr- I would probably do it um, more. But we would do it on the last day, and it would last like sometimes four or five hours, yeah. where every person had an opportunity to say something about every other person, and we would write them down. Mm-hmm. You know, like if there was twenty people on the team, we would get that person when they left twenty positive affirmations yeah. about their life to put in their Bible and to bring home. Yeah, you know. And I remember I went on those trips a lot, and every time. I would look forward to it because I'm like you, you know, and maybe all of us are like this. We yeah. need words of encouragement and affirmation. It may have been my favorite time of the whole the whole trip, you know. Yeah. And we'd always cry and laugh. Yeah. You know, it was always just, you know, freeing and yeah. fun and all those things kinda of rolled in the one. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely uh there's tears to go yeah. around. I mean there it's everybody's man. crying and right. And, and you come
0: away <clears> connected to that people that that group of people like you know, maybe more so than any other group you've ever been with. You just yes. form a bond. You may never see them again or spend a lot of time with them, yeah. but you always remember what they spoke into your life. Yeah,
1: I, it's definitely something I remember. It's, um, you know, like speaking about that, like how we have, this is now my fourth one. Each mission trip year yeah, is almost like its own little family. Yeah. Like you still remember that. Like you'll really see somebody and you'll be like, hey, mm-hmm. remember when this happened? I, I remember, <laughs> funny story. My, my first year when I went, um, we tell everybody to bring water bottles, refillable, yeah, you know, sure. they'll have the metal ones or whatever. Right. And every time, like, for instance, we'd be in Words of Life or we'd be in a devotional. We'd be yeah. in a pretty deep moment. Yeah. Somebody's water bottle would fall over yeah. and just break the awkwardness. <laughs> and ding, you know, it's so loud. Yeah, it was and just, it just, it yeah. became, like, at first it was like, oh, that's kind of annoying that oh, that sorry. happened. Yeah. And, and all throughout the week, yeah. It's like for real. This yeah. water bottle is still like this. Yeah. Is always in these awkward moments <laughs> right. that just, just kind of breaks the the tension of yeah. the room, sort of. But that's a joke that we still go back and I'll talk to, to Gavin because yeah. Gavin was a part of that, and yeah. I'm like, bro, you remember those water bottles that would <laughs> fall, like or like if something seems pretty deep, I'll be like, Gavin, yeah. can you just tip over your water bottle real quick to break? It's
0: funny how the big things in life are really just the little things. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you think what's going to be really important in this whole trip? Somebody knocked over a water bottle. <laughs> yeah. You know, why is that a big... It, but it, it, in life, yeah. the big things are really just the little things. Amen. You know, yeah, definitely. so true. There's so much about, um, you know, what God does in a person. My very first mission trip was to Mexico in 1986. Uh, four of us went, and man, I connected up with those guys in a way that I never saw coming. Yeah. You know, you, you think, you, first of all, we drove for 20... Twenty-two hours, you know, in, in the in the van together. Wow. Which builds community, that, <laughs> man. <that laughs> You're on a road a lot, trip yeah. with four men. It just builds community in yeah. ways that you don't even <laughs> want to talk about. You know, <laughs> uh, but we drove all the way to. I think we went to line which is in in the mountains, the uh, Sierra Madre. Um, Occidental Mountains, which is on the west coast of Mexico. We drove all the way over there and we did outreach all week long. We preached every night in this church, man. But it was just, it was a pivotal week in my life. It just, you know, at that time, I think I was was working in the fast food. I just got out of uh, Bible college and I had a job at uh, a fast food restaurant. I was managing a fast food uh, restaurant. So it really just changed the, you know, the trajectory of my whole life you know i didn't see it coming
1: yeah well, for me um, my first mission trip the water bottle year that i was yeah. just talking about yeah that summer was the most transformational for me it's when i felt to call to ministry was yeah. that year uh, we was did it the, in Atlanta or just on that in that area it was it's hard to it was in between there I, I had a confirmation yeah. about a week or two later yeah. so right after the mission trip like the next week we had camp so it was my first year doing camp yeah. i was just serving and i was just like really ultimately i was hanging out with kirk like he yeah. was my friend i was like i just want to help you out yeah. hey. and um yeah. so we went to camp and i i had kind of been tossing around the idea i'd been serving for a little bit yeah. of just like getting some more information about what ministry is really. It wasn't even like feeling called to it. I just wanted to get a little know a little bit more about it. Right. And um Kirk had mentioned uh Lassam to me, which I never heard of. I never heard of Lassam. I didn't know what it was, but he said several of the um those at Journey had gone through it or were going through it. Mm -hmm. And um so I was like, okay, I'll look into it. I looked into it, super affordable. Yeah, It wasn't anything that was, you know, I wasn't going to carry any debt because yeah. of it. It was, right. a, it was a month-to-month commitment type mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, okay, this sounds good for me. But yeah. immediately kind of doubt started creeping in. And it was silly looking back at it, but it's yeah. like that's 60-whatever dollars that I can spend on yeah. groceries or right. whatever. And Guess. I was kind of questioning, yeah. doubting. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do. So I went to camp and... Um, Kind of had it made up in my mind. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just bite the bullet for one yeah. one month, right? Um, so this was Friday of camp. At this point, Friday was still a day of camp or right. whatever. Anyway, it was my payday. Yeah, and uh, just a backstory is uh, again, I was teaching at the right. time. I was right. I was in the public school, and if you do trainings like throughout the year, you get uh, what's you know you get a stipend pay yeah. for various trainings and it could be on anything, whatever. And they're not always the most timely. Yeah. The stipends will come whenever they decide to push it through whenever or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and when you look at it online, it doesn't really remind you what it's from, but yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. The school board's giving I me I did money. training
0: somewhere in the past. Who yeah. knows? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Who knows? So yeah. anyway, so what I did, uh, that Friday I still was like, let me check the bank just to make sure yeah. that I've got enough money. I knew I had enough yeah. money to do it, but I still was just yeah. thinking this. Yeah. I open up my bank account and I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Yeah, I had a stipend pay that was the to the dollar amount that it cost for registration and the first class <laughs> for Lesam for that month. I mean, it was it was to that. You it's know, like I still Silver have Spring. the picture saved on my phone yeah. screenshot of it because I, I look back at that and I'm like, "I think God's in this." Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't even remember what the training was. I don't yeah. remember anything from that training. I don't. I, you know what I mean. I'm not sure. Yeah. what it. I don't even know if I went to a training. Yeah. Maybe just something. Ha- who knows? Yeah, but it mixed the paper. It was the exact
0: amount you needed to get. So you went that year, and, and you finished your third year already. Haven't yeah, you? I've
1: gone through three years. So since that day, uh, yeah. I I had perfect attendance. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, didn't I didn't skip didn't a class. Didn't miss a month. I didn't oh, miss one month. And I just went through three levels. So you'll be getting ordained real soon. Yeah, yeah, so it's look. I think twenty twenty three is when. And is you're game.
0: you're about to enroll
1: in uh, bridges. Bridges, huh? yeah, man. in November. Yeah. I don't want to stop learning. How many
0: degrees do you need, Andy? I
1: don't, I don't know. <laughs> keep stacking them up, bro. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, to me, yeah. it's not even about the degree. I, I just told, uh, yeah. you know, when I was thinking about it, it's like, hey, if a degree comes with it, that's yeah. cool or whatever. You I just, just don't want to stop learning. You
0: want to know yeah, the theology and God's word. Yeah. And I, I love that about you, man. You're yeah. always learning, you know, yeah. which is part of our... Uh, you know our four values for leaders: S T A R. You know yeah. be, we will always be teachable, right. and I love that. You know if you don't know about Bridges Christian College, uh, you can check it out: bridgeschristiancollege.com. he's enrolling uh, for his. Are, are you getting a degree in pastoral, pastoral ministry? Minis- yeah, pastoral yeah. ministries yeah. is a it's, a it's a powerful online school, yeah. fully accredited. Uh, you'll earn a, a a degree that transfers to any. Yeah college in America. It's a great school. I'm so proud of you, man, for, f- you. for being passionate about God's word. Yeah. I love that about you. Well, We're going to wrap it up. we got about 10 minutes left. So let me give a, a couple of thoughts um, about Gen Z that we are focusing on at yeah. Journey. Gen Z and the economy. Check this out. Generation Z controls about $44 billion a year in spending. That blows my mind. These kids have that much money in their pockets. <laughs> The average Gen Z gets almost $100 a month in allowance just to do whatever they want to do with kids. Uh, yeah. I used to ask my dad for a quarter when I was a kid. Can I get a quarter, dad?
1: <laughs> I remember my first paycheck. Yeah. yeah. You know, looking back on it now, it's like nothing. It was like 200 bucks or something yeah. crazy or whatever like that. And I'm yeah. like, I can pretty much retire now. Yeah, good. Like, exactly. I don't, I good, I've got money for the year. Yeah. but
0: <laughs> My first job, I made $3.35 an hour. Wow. That's when I had a job working 40 hours a week. (laughs) These kids are bringing home more in their allowance than I made at a full-time job back in the 70s. You know, $44 billion a year. It's going to be one of the wealthiest generations in the history of the world. Yeah, there's a transfer of wealth going on right now. I I took this class that was taught by um, uh, the Green family who owns Hobby Lobby. And the founder of Hobby Lobby did the teaching, and he rolled out some charts and gave out some amazing information and he said that in the next 20 years America will see the largest transfer of wealth ever wow. in history. I think he said it's tr- in, in the trillions. Mm-hmm. So as as baby boomers and gen xers retire their nest eggs, their retirement, their real estate holdings, their investments will it will amount in the trillions and they're gonna pass it down to their children and their grandchildren. So we're gonna see a transfer of wealth like the world's never seen, and it's gonna land in the hands of mostly of these Gen Z kids, you know? So God's up to something, man. God, God, you know, like David set aside wealth for Solomon. Solomon built the temple. It wasn't with his wealth. It was with David's wealth. You know, David was a billionaire, uh, and he saved his money and gave it to Solomon, and Solomon used it to build the most glorious temple the world has ever seen. You know, that was a transfer of what it's happening again right now. Uh, here's another stat that I found astounding. Um, these kids have a combined buying power of their own money and of their parents money that they influence. Like when your kid's, pick the restaurant or pick the movie or, you know how that yeah. is. If you're raising kids.
1: Yeah. we you never know. picked a restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your kids do.
0: <laughs> Listen to this. They control you now. They personally have 44 billion in yeah. their pocket. They control 600 billion Goodness of gracious. family spending. Wow. Yeah. 600 billion. Yeah. So these children are really, you know, living a, a whole different life than you and I even live that yeah. you live. And you're much younger than me, yeah. but even that, that, that you live. Here's the last one. Uh, one third of Gen Z plans to retire before they're sixty. Hmm. Man, that is unheard. Of. They'll be yeah. in their fifties, you know. Yeah. But it's, the world's changing rapidly, yeah. you know. So they're going to retire before they're sixty. Most of them think they will because they're going to they're going to write an app or they're going to you know record a song or open a studio, be a NFL or, player, yeah, or gonna, something. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. going to do something that mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and we've we've learned through the last eighteen months that most of what we do can be done at home. Yeah, you know, we all became you know stay-at-home employees for the most They're part. They're the
1: innovative ones that are thinking of new ways. Yeah. to do things. Yeah, you know, with yeah. having the internet their whole life.
0: Yeah. Somebody said that uh, uh, I forgot who it was now, but this generation will invent ways to do church that we've never thought of. Yeah. You know, of it's course, already happening. Yeah. We, we see it happening right in front of us, you know, with all of the technology. But who knows what the next generation of digital uh, development is going to bring to us? Yeah. You know, we don't know. These kids are, are, are inventing it. You know, they're they're thinking of it. All right, here's their values real quick. Uh, Gen Z's values. Uh, extremely. Seventy seven percent of them want to give their life to a cause yeah. higher than, than, than themselves. Um, 75% of them are concerned about the, the planet, you know, my generation and your generation were not as passionate, even though, you know, my dad was a farmer. He was, you know, we, we did, um, green things before they were called green things. Yeah. We, we recycled everything and we cared for the land and, and so forth. But these kids have grown up in, you know, non-country uh, settings. They're in ur- mostly urban or suburban settings, but they're passionate about, uh, about the planet, you know, which is, I believe, key to us understanding how to reach this generation. Here's the last thing about about their values. Um, uh, most kids have at least 10 apps on their smartphone uh, and quite a few kids, more than ten percent, have forty different apps on wow. their phone. Wow!
1: Yeah, lots of information. Yeah, lots of it's overwhelming. Just yeah, they're they're bombarded with technology. So constantly, it's,
0: it's overwhelming. All right, let's wrap it up. Talk about journey students. Yeah. Tell me where we're going. Tell me what's happening. You yeah. know, I, I know we're still getting our strategic plans ready. Yeah. So you're still you know you're still developing that. But just give me tell me what your heart is saying. So
1: what we've done um, over the past. Uh, 18 months, maybe two years now. I don't know. So we've implemented the Joust Culture Code, right? And what the Joust Culture Code is, Joust is an acronym: J O U S T yeah. Journey Students. Got it, right? And um, each each letter means something, and it's our culture. Yeah. Uh, so what we decided is that it's not a set of laws or yeah. rules necessarily, yeah. uh, but it's a it's a way that we can kind of define what our culture is. Yeah. And and what we are is we're Jesus focused. S to J. We're on a mission. Oh, unified in spirit, you servant-hearted, yes, and true to who God has called us to be. Man, that's so good. And uh, everything that we do, yeah, um, falls—you know—a sermon that I preach or mm-hmm. an event that we plan yeah. has something to do in those five yeah. things. Um, you know, right. for instance, true to who God has called us to be, we just had several students go to fine arts, right, and celebrate the gifts that God has given them. Yeah, um, you know, Jesus-focused. You know, the, hey, everything that we do. it, Look, if we can get Jay down. Everything else is good. That's it. You know what I mean? We could you have a J culture. You get code. Jesus
0: first. Yeah. Everything falls into place. Yeah,
1: and it, it worked out well that way. Yeah. But, but you know, everything that we do is, hey, Jesus is at the center of it. Yeah. Is, is what we're doing honoring to Jesus? Yeah. Is yeah. it, you know, um, on a mission? You know, we, we just talked about the Atlanta mission trip. Right. We talked about speed the light, how we can kind of do those things. Uh, unified in spirit, we always talk about being a family. You know, so we have these fellowship events where recently we went bowling with them. You know, it's things that we can do that mm-hmm. fall into this culture yeah. right and 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 kind of where we 're at right now is um, again, summer's busy right with camps yeah. and and right. mission trips, and everything, but again, it all falls into who we are as journey students, yeah, who we are um, I you know love we, that. we we have a separate our our Sunday mornings are our fifth through eighth grade we 've just welcomed them in fifth grade, yeah and it 's been amazing, yeah you know we've had solid twenty kids every week coming yeah. and hearing. What we decided to do with our journey junior high class, our fifth or eighth grade class, is we're going to just run through the Bible this year. It's pretty intense. (laughs) It's a lot of information, but we want them to have a background knowledge and know what the Bible is. Because again, if we can, that is the core of everything. Like that is the authority is in His Word. So if if we can have an understanding of what's in the Bible, what it's about, um, I think that that's going to serve them well. so we've been doing that. It's been amazing every week to kind of teach them through the Bible. Yeah. We did Numbers, for instance, one week, and right. someone was almost half the class was like, "This is not a book in the Bible." Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they don't know, yeah. right? Just, it's just having a an understanding, a background yeah. uh, knowledge of what the Bible is. And then on Wednesday nights is our ninth through twelfth grade, and uh, we've been, you know, we've had a strong push for speed the light lately. We've, yeah. we've talked about that mm-hmm. um, a few times today, but. Um, I'm feeling, I'm sensing kind of just in my spirit that the on a mission section portion of the, that's really going to take the step forward. Yeah. You know, through Speed the Light, through missions trips. Right. um, It's kind of where my heart is, is is missions in that sense. And
0: we're doing something local. At Abney Elementary, yeah. So at the end of July,
1: yeah, so July. I think it's twenty fourth at the end of July. Yeah, um, we are kind of fixing up Abney. We're fixing yeah. the green spaces up, right. the teacher lounge area. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, one of
0: the largest elementary schools in the Paris. How many kids go to uh, Abney Elementary? Uh,
1: Twelve billion. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's a it's a lot. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's it nine hundred. Yeah, something, something like that. So it's it's two schools. There's yeah. Little Abney, right. or Abney Early Childhood, right. Is, right. and then Abney. So all in all, the whole campus yeah. is preschool through fifth grade,
0: and then when you pass by it, it's like a small country school. Yeah, but you don't realize the campus stretches like a from, mile into yeah. the to the green space. So there's, like, I think, Courtney told me 900. No, I think it's 900 is that just students. Right? Yeah, it's about there. Yeah, yeah. So we've adopted uh, Abney Elementary campus. We're gonna uh, spruce up the green space, kind of take care of the outside, and we're gonna take care of the teachers' lounge, clean it prepare it for uh, for the next school year yeah. and stock it with snacks. And we're going to also collect... Um,
1: the second grade yeah. as a whole, all of their supplies that yeah. are needed. Right. So we have so many people at church that are just yeah. donating paper towel I, I rolls, markers. I saw the box markers. Sunday, man. The box
0: is running over. People to yeah. bring in school supplies yeah. you know, for second graders at Abney, which is right down the street from our church.
1: And what I found is is it, it, through fundraising uh, with for the mission trip we've done this year, it's something about this year. I I just sense that people are more giving. Yeah, we've been. They just want to give to something, yeah. and and we're seeing that even with the supplies that are being collected for Abney. Yeah. it's just amazing. And, and journey students is going to be involved with that as well. Yeah, so. yeah.
0: And, and people are generous, man. I'm I'm really blown away. You know, we received an offering a couple months ago for our journey India, mm-hmm. and we raised enough in one offering to plant a new church, and ju- it just blows my mind that. God has inspired, you know, this generation to give yeah. sacrificially, you know, and our even our students are raising tons yeah. of missions dollars for yeah. Speed of the Light and for other ministries.
1: Yeah, I've set a goal of five thousand dollars for Speed of the Light this year. Really, I've told my students there that from go. the beginning of the year. Yeah. we've got a lot of work to do in six months. Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you where we're at, but yeah. we're, we need yeah. to pick it up. But I'm excited. about There's that. amazing things. There's like we said, Hunter doing his raising yeah. of things. He raised a yeah. hundred and fifty dollars in three days. Wow just by yeah. getting people to throw stuff at them. Yeah. I well, craziest are, things, right? Uh,
0: teenagers, right?
1: Hey, you know hey. what? If it's going to raise money for missions, yeah, then let's do it. That, that's just
0: amazing. <laughs> that's just amazing. All right. Here's the last thing I want to talk about. Um, reaching this generation, uh, generation Z uh, used tech devices, uh, their smartphone, their laptop and the other computers, uh, 15 hours a week on their smartphone. Thirteen hours on television and ten hours on their laptop. So we're looking at twenty-three, forty hours a week. Forty hours, mm-hmm. the average it's a full-time job. Right. That's what the average Gen Z devotes to tech. Yeah. So what does that tell us, Andy? It's-
1: yeah, that's hey, we're reaching them yeah. digitally. There's different methods that we yeah. can, um, yeah. you know, we can reach in different right. ways that we need to approach. And it. here's what I love:
0: this guy said he found this very funny. Uh, less than ten percent of Gen Z ever receives snail mail; they don't even <laughs> open it. Like, what is this? What is this thing with this flag on the corner? The other way,
1: yeah,
0: you know they don't use mail yeah. you know we even are, email now yeah email is already on, emails an old yeah. yeah now if it's not on your app or on your text or you know yeah. or something like that or you on social media it, it didn't
1: happen implanted in your brain
0: yeah it <laughs> didn't happen less than 10% <laughs> of them use uh, snail mail yeah you know yeah, um i love going to the mailbox i still do i'm, yeah. I'm of course i'm I'm a hundred years old, but I, I love going to the mailbox, man, and checking the mail. You know, yeah, every time I do
1: that, it's bills yeah. though, so yeah. I don't really <laughs> like it.
0: <laughs> I have saved some mail over the years. I have a drawer full of mail, uh, cards, and letters people have mailed me over the years. I had a much bigger stack before Katrina. She took a lot of my treasured snail mail, but uh, I've recollected some since then. People who you, remember when people had uh, handwritten
1: notes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had pen pals. Does anybody I do in, that still? I when I know. was in school, we yeah. had a pen pal in yeah. India. Did you? Yeah, I had a pen pal in India. Wow. In like fourth or fifth grade. I don't know.
0: You know, I, I think they stopped teaching cursive writing in school now. Unfortunately, because I have to get a handwritten cursive letter. You know, mm-hmm. and it, somebody's just thinking about you long enough to write a note or a card. Yeah. So I saved those still. Yeah. But they're rare. You know, this generation could care less. You know. Yeah. You know, they forty hours a week on tech and hardly any of them are interested in snail mail. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to reach a digital generation, you know, that's the, I think that's what our focus has to be, you know, digital natives, never knew life without the internet, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's your assignment, Andy. We want you to help us help journey, uh, inside our vision to reach, you know, Gen Z, Mm -hmm. you know, to reach, um, journey students. So, um, hadn't, Great conversation. Enjoy talking to you yeah. today, man. It's been anything it's been you want to say if we close out. Anything? Can I say a dad
1: joke? <laughs> we were telling dad jokes
0: before <laughs> before we started. Uh, Andy is like the king of dad jokes, which happens to rhyme with bad jokes.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'm. Yeah, it might be bad jokes. How
0: about you tell one, then I tell one? Okay, I'm gonna tell the one I told you earlier. That you like.
1: So, this one one takes some thinking, okay? All right, right, here it is.
0: So, it's like a smart dad joke.
1: Well, I told it earlier. Yeah, Uh, you didn't seem to like it, but I I think they're gonna like it. It Um, But anyway, I'll let you be the judge. (laughs) Why couldn't the green pepper compete in the archery contest? All right,
0: why couldn't the green pepper compete? in the archery contest? I didn't know earlier until you told me.
1: Because he didn't habanero. I heard laughter over there. That was pretty bad. That was good. That was pretty bad. All
0: right, I have a shepherd joke. Okay. All right, so this man hired a shepherd to watch his sheep. He had 49 Mm -hmm. sheep. Okay. And he said, look, I want you to take care of my sheep tonight. Make sure no wolves get to them. Bring back in the morning 49 sheep. So the new shepherd took them out, let them graze all night, protected them from wolves. And the next morning he comes back to his boss, and his boss said, well, did you bring back all 49 of my sheep? He said, no, I brought back 50 he said, "You started with forty-nine. How did you get 50? And the shepherd said, "Well, you know, I always round up. Mine
1: was better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no, it was not. round up. Come yeah. on, you be the judge. You yeah. know, good, you know, good humor when you see it. Yeah. You know, I wonder if uh, Gen Z will ever tell dad jokes. Probably I, never. They'll
1: invent new ways to joke. <laughs>
0: maybe like real humor.
1: Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe so. Maybe so. Who knows?" I've
0: enjoyed talking to you today. Yeah. It's been a great conversation, it's been a you know. And Journey's passionate for reaching uh, this generation, and yeah. we're so happy to have you on our team. You and Courtney are such uh, a key um, part of our future of re- reaching this generation, yeah. you know. So we're excited to have you on the team and Courtney, and we're looking forward to the years to come and of reaching this generation for Jesus. Yeah. Well, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, I'm Doug McAllister from Journey Fellowship Church. Uh, this is uh, Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday, our weekly podcast. Uh, if you don't know uh, about Journey or want to know more about us, check us out online, Journey Fellowship Church com. You can also download the Journey app. It's free from your app store. Just type in Journey Fellowship Church in the search bar. Uh, there's a lot of Journey, so be sure and type in the whole Journey Fellowship Church. You can download our app to your smart device. It's free. It's stocked full of information and resources and uh, things that you can do to get involved. You can find a small group. You can give online. You can find our uh, find directions to the campus. Uh, you can watch past sermons. Uh, you can access uh, this blog. We have uh, a, a whole backlog of blogs if you want to go back and watch some uh, earlier. And you can read my blog uh, uh, at DougMcAllister.com uh, I do a weekly blog with my uh, my dog, Hatch. Uh, he and I have conversations. I walk my dog every morning, and he usually helps me to understand life. So I'll write down his wisdom. That's usually comes out on Thursday morning. Um, but we'd love to get connected with you. If you don't have a home church, you live close to Slidell, we are in Poncha, on Poncha Train Drive right across the street from the new Walmart. Uh, we are at 3127 Ponchatrain. Uh, in L Louisiana, 7045. Hey, come visit us uh, Sunday mornings. Uh, we'd love to worship God with you and get to know you, get connected, and uh, let's serve Jesus together. So I'm Doug McAllister with uh, Andy Ricketts. Uh, and from everybody at Journey, we love you, and we'll see you next time.